grand rising happy happy monday for those of you that joined me last night we had a very interesting conversation with johnny from seek oneness and some of that was detailing some sort of manifestation stuff so obviously today is manifesting monday it's the best way to start our week because we all hi everybody that's joining we all need these reminders every single day i do every single day but I'll tell you, it, John, I just mentioned you, it gets easier. When you do this work, it starts to get easier and easier and easier in the mind, right? Because when you first start doing all this and you first start rewiring the mind and how you think, those negative thoughts always come back. I mean, like hits you like a laser beam. And eventually when you continue to do this every day and you take it very seriously to rewire the way that your mind thinks, it gets easier and easier and easier to, to the point where then it's normal to just think positively. It's normal to just think those thoughts. So if we could start our Mondays, morning, afternoon, wherever you are at nighttime, um, with the, the idea of positive thinking and rewiring the mind, it's just a good reminder to go into the week with that as an intention. And if we set our intentions every day, even if it's the very smallest thing that, you know, you've heard um, when people say, try not to complain for 24 hours. Good morning from Arizona or Grand Rising. And that's for many people, that's a difficult task. If I asked my mother to not complain for one day, 24 hours, it would be a near impossibility. Not because I don't have faith in her, but because she is so stuck in her ways that change is just not even an option for her. So I know for many people it is difficult. It is a big challenge to say, okay, we're not going to complain for 24 hours. Maybe that could be our intention today is do not complain for 24 hours. Can we do it? Oh, my back. Before you can even finish this sentence, can you? Good day from Cape Town, South Africa. Can you take an entire day and not complain once? I'm trying to think of things that I would normally maybe. Yeah, it's usually my back or my hamstring. Yeah. So can we do that? Grand rising, Gar. Say yes or no. Can you do that for 24 hours and not complain? If that is the smallest task that we can try to complete, we'll start to shift our reality together. And someone said, not a chance I could go that long. See, we're just so, we are, we're just so conditioned to have a more negative outlook on life than to say, my back hurts so bad, but look at the sky today. So that's kind of like a half complaint, but grateful for something else. But if we could just start with one thing to really catch ourselves, to just bring awareness to where we are, haven't, but I'm going to try my best. Mary, you're the best. Mary is always so positive. I love it. And I can always feel her energy. Should I can do anything? Because that's the reality is that we really can do anything. Gary says, tell your mind all the good in your life. Listen, if you guys talk to Gary on the phone or Mary, you'd be like, wow, their energy is amazing. Every time someone speaks to Gary, they always say, wow, Gary's really amazing. Because he just radiates this great energy all the time. And you're like, how the hell did he do that? And Gary's had some trials and tribulations in his life. So it's not like Gary was just born lucky. He's just happy all the time. 
Happiness is work living in a world that conditions us to be negative all the time. It is work. We are conditioned to be negative all the time. No matter what you look at on the TV, it's not something good. Grand rising, not grand riding. So if you say good morning, because words cast spells, morning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, there's that way to spell it, or M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. So good morning. What are we mourning over? So I tried to get, and I got into the habit, because of you guys would say, grand rising. Say grand rising, because you're rising, and it's so grand that you got out of bed this morning, or whatever it is that you attribute to those words. But when you say good morning, because, even though you might mean it to mean one thing, for, my book is down there, the word magic book, um, there's so many words that, sound exactly the same or spell different, but because words cast spells, we want to be, which one? I have 10 necklaces on. My record of necklace wearing was like eight when I was in Los Angeles. I had eight necklaces on. Sorry, I get really distracted by reading the comment section. But I'm reading today from Master the Mind, the teachings of Neville Goddard, and this gets into God, the Bible. And, um, some Bible verses and what they mean and things. And I think that it's really helpful. Um, this one, my sister, everybody asked me about this one. It's like a flower and I don't, I think it's made of some kind of glass, but this was a one of a kind necklace from this really cool store that you have to make an appointment to get in. And I think you have to know somebody to get into the store. Random. Um, yoga at 5am movement, then meditation and mindset like this. That's a day right there. Blistopia retreats. That is a day right there. Yoga at 5 a.m., then meditation and mindset like this. Another good one is to try to give one person a nice compliment a day. I love that one, too. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Uh, you guys know I'm not good at, at uh, pinning stuff. Um, so I was saying that it gets much easier the more that you work on this, right? Um, and it really does. I didn't believe it. The first six months I was doing this, I'm like, fuck this. I hate this. Like, this doesn't work. It's stupid. Like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Because it was so hard for my mind to take on another concept and to take on another shape of living in a state of looking for all the good things that are going to happen. Like, oh my God, there's so many good things that are going to happen to me. I get you're so excited compared to... I don't feel like working today. Like this person's called me. I don't want to talk to him or her and my back hurts. We're just so conditioned to start our day with that rather than starting our day with any kind of sense of gratitude. And now since I've been doing the work, I choose happiness. Since I've been doing this for so long, like it's so much easier. Like I have shifted because things that used to trigger me, like I don't even allow them to exist in my reality anymore. And the things that I am still triggered by, I try to find a way of understanding why they still trigger me. My mom's one of them. But those are, that's the old story. The old story that I've lived in my entire life is having these certain experiences with said person. 
and still living by that. So when I when I'm around a person that triggers me in any way, am I still living with the old story of how it played out or am I creating a new story and new boundaries with the person? So that when I am around any person that is triggering for me, that I come from a very different space so that I'm not reacting in the same way anymore because I've shifted from one reality to another. You can live in the same reality and have the same dynamic with the same person for years. Many people get stuck in relationships because they refuse to change their dynamic. They refuse to change their mindset. So they are constantly reacting in the same way they always did because they're coming from the space that they always came from. But if you come from a completely different space, you are going to answer or respond to another person in a very different way. But it's all about doing the work and surrounding your mind and engorging your mind with the things that you want instead of the things that you don't want. If you have a partner, hey, why did you do that? If you have a partner that is emotionally, verbally, physically, sexually abusive or anything, if you continue to react to them in the same way and you have the old story in your head that I'm not worthy of anything better than this and that I deserve to be treated like this because of whatever happened to you in your childhood, you're never going to get out of that cycle. But if you start doing this type of work and start looking for the great things in life, the positive things in life and starting to see yourself in a different light that I deserve the best that life could ever give me, then you're going to make that shift and that person is either going to shift with you or shift out of your life. And then you have to be strong enough to either start over or continue to do this work so that you just don't allow this type of treatment in your life anymore. So there has to be a choice. There has to be a crossroads. Either the person shifts with you or you leave the relationship and you're strong enough to do so because you've been doing this work. So master the mind from the teachings of the devil Goddard is what I'm going to start from. The internal and the external. God gives us free will to believe Either that all things are created externally or that all things come from within and that we are the operant power of our reality. If we believe that all things are created externally, we believe in a world of competition where there's limited number of resources um, that we must fight for. If we believe that everything already exists in the invisible as the Bible states and that we only have to persevere in believing in its existence for it to eventually appear in our world. We believe in all in unlimited abundance for all. That choice demands spiritual understanding and faith in the word of God. So this is going to get into some Bible stuff. We can deepen this understanding by studying the scripture that pertains to it. The word of God is alive and it will yield results if you give yourself time to contemplate its deeper and more hidden meanings. Now for me, and probably many people, when I've read the Bible, I'm like, I don't know what the hell this means. These are just words and I can assume what they mean. I can interpret what they mean to me, but my interpretation could be something completely different than what it actually means. The alternative choice is to trust completely in the world, which gives no reassurances or promises, permanent comfort. Instead, it offers a pervasive anxiety coupled with fear and doubt. We receive an unspoken message, said or believe that we are not good enough and that there are many more who have a greater chance of achieving their dreams than we do. It is a world of competition with a poverty mentality where we must fight to succeed. So again, everything is a choice. If you wake up every single day with that poverty mentality that I'll never get that job. There's, there's so many other people that are better than me or I can never have her. Like there's so many other men that, that she could get that are better than I am. 
if oh, you can, I love that, but you know what? I can never afford that. Like, yeah, I would love to go on this trip, but I can't afford it. There is um, a, a video of Dick Gregory on my page, and um, he talks about this where he says, when you are in that negative mind state or that poverty mentality, and you're like, yeah, I can't afford it. Oh my God, I would love to, but I can't afford it. He's like, you just, I don't know how many trillions of cells he says, but say it's six. He's like, you just told six trillion cells that you can't do something. Words cast spells. So if you're stuck in a mindset of I'm not worthy or you truly believe deep down, like, I love this person, but like, I shouldn't be treated like this. And, you know, but your belief is that I deserve to be treated like this. You're telling all of those cells that you don't believe that you deserve this or that you're worthy of this. So how can your reality, how can something else, the opposite of that, show up in your reality? How could anything else show up in your reality if your core beliefs are that I don't deserve this? Or that you constantly manifest like living in a shitty place and you never feel good in there, but you feel that you deserve. That is the level of a home that you deserve to live in. Or a car that always breaks down is unreliable. There is something about your inner beliefs, your deeply rooted core beliefs, that you don't deserve better than that. That something in your childhood or some traumatic happening did occur and happened to you, and your core beliefs that you don't deserve better than that. So when you start to do this work, and you start to realize that the world is not a competition. There is plenty to go around for everyone. That is how to attract a partner. What about it? That is an abundance mindset. So not that, but attracting a partner, you have to get really, really honest with yourself. When it comes to attracting a partner, because even though you might really, really want and desire a partner. What are the fundamental beliefs underneath of that? Is it that you don't deserve to be with somebody? Is it that you think that you're emotionally available? But the second an emotionally available person comes into your life, you run from them. What is the core belief? Because there's a lot of people that think like, Oh my God, I would love to be in a relationship. Like, and you have all these positive thoughts about it. But the second a person that comes into your life that does not reflect your old story, you run from them. And when I say your old story, if you are a person that is not emotionally available, you're always used to being the chaser, chasing after somebody and fixing somebody and being the hero and being the savior of somebody because you have that complex that you have to save somebody based on your childhood. So that person is probably not going to be someone that is emotionally available to you. So we're always constantly doing more and, and buying them things and overly compensating for the things that you don't feel that you have inside yourself so that someone will turn around and be like, yes, I do choose you. But you're legitimately always playing your old story over and over again because that is what program that you have uploaded. So until you reprogram your mind with a different programming, you're always going to attract the same person that's not available to you. 
And then that is that self-fulfilling prophecy, like, see, I'm, I'm not worthy. And then you don't have a partner or can call in a partner that stays around long enough. Maybe all of a sudden you'll manifest somebody, but they'll maybe a month or two months, they'll leave. And that's because you're still living through your old story. So the only thing choice that you have is to change that. And the worthy of love thing is probably the most deeply rooted issue that many people have is because our childhood is what instills those programs and uploads them. What, what relationship did you have with your parents or your caregivers? Were they there for you? Were they stable? My family life? No. There was no stability to be had in my upbringing at all. So that's what I go live at 930 Mondays and Thursdays a.m. I'm manifesting a motorcycle ride with a mystery man. Look how, and that is so specific. I mean, maybe you should be a little bit more specific. Not with mystery man, but with someone who is safe, someone who is has all the qualities that you want. Is there a situation where you need to realize this is not going to happen or the chances are very slim? So this is your reality, just like this is my reality. And if, I can hear his bike, and if there is doubt, that doubt can only be reflected to you in your three-dimensional reality. So if you think, oh, this, this is a good example. There was a situation that I found myself in a couple years back. And to me, the situation was impossible. I'm like, we loved each other, but there were so many obstacles. To me, obstacles are perceptions. Because if you ever study anything manifestation-wise, there's a phrase that circumstances don't matter. Once you put your mind to something and you see it and you feel it, you're taking inspired action. And you truly believe there's nothing in this world that's going to come between me and what I want. It's going to come to you. But if you put limitations around it and you're like, but this has to happen and they have to get a divorce and, you know, they have three kids. Like, I'm just giving random scenarios. But if all those things are limitations to you and all those things are, yeah, it's probably... I mean, how could it possibly happen? That's you not having faith in the unseen world. If you have faith in the unseen world, where that faith is you being with that person or you having the home that you want or you having the dream life that you want, if your faith is in that and you're like, there's nothing that's going to stop this from happening. Like, I'm getting this no matter what. That's when you draw things to you. And I always talk about my car. There was no doubt in my mind I was getting the exact car that I wanted. Nobody was going to tell me. My mother was telling me over and over again, there's no cars here. They have to come from Germany. It's going to take a year from them to make the, make these cars. I manifested that car over overnight. The exact color, the exact model, down to a T because I was like, listen, lady, I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm getting this car. I had no idea. How am I supposed to know how they're going to friggin' make it a friggin' BMW? The exact color, baby blue and red inside. What are the odds of that? The odds of it are is that I saw it in my head and I built it the night before and I was like, that's my car, thank you. Let's go. And I happened to look on a different website of a different dealership 
and it said coming soon. The exact car I built the night before. Baby blue with red inside. It's not like, a, oh, it's a black on black car. It was very specific. Very specific. So if you have faith in the unseen world, in whatever it is that you want, I don't care what, I don't care what you think is an obstacle. If you think it's an obstacle, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but this has to happen. How could this pop? You're doubting the unseen world. I can't help you with that. Nobody can. If we are the God of our reality, and God is the creator, and you are manifesting things through that, through the unseen, then there's nothing that could stop you from getting the things that you want. You and I are the only people that could stop us from getting what it is that we want. Nobody else. So we are thrown at the mercy of circumstance, never knowing what is around the corner and hoping for the best, but often fearing for the worst. We don't know what's around the corner. And sometimes right around the turn of the corner is exactly what you want, but you gave up before that. And you're just like, this doesn't work. This is so stupid. I wasted all my time and energy on it. Hoping for the best, but often fearing the worst. I still do it. I catch myself all the time. But how could this? And then I'm like, is this what we're doing today? Is this what we're going to do today? And I'm like, no. I mean, it's a whole conversation with myself. We fear the unknown. So we fear the unknown, but we also, yes, we fear the unknown. Or we can have faith in the unknown. We're programmed to fear things. We're programmed to fear things instead of have faith in things. Benny, I couldn't walk when I had, when I got my bus and now I'm walking again. Where was another comment down there? I'm manifesting a new apartment with two rooms, honestly, and pure love of people around me. An Audi in exact color and model. Listen, as long as you have blind faith in it, as long as you have blind faith in this, and you're not thinking about all the circumstances that really don't matter, then that's how we draw things to us. There's no need to announce your beliefs to everyone. There's no need to hide them either. It's not about what other people think. It's about what you are able to imagine. So if you tell your manifesting ideas to people and they're just like, come on, like, are you kidding me? You're like, how are you going to do that? Like, oh, I'm going to open a business. And it's like, you don't have like a dollar in your bank account. Like, how are you going to do this? That's why it's important to not tell people things. Not because you're hiding it, but because your faith in your unseen world is vastly different than someone else's faith in your unseen world. So because someone else doesn't believe in you, does that mean that then you don't believe in yourself? But that's how we are. My friends, when I was younger, I was like, I'll move to California. They're like, you can't do that. They're like, come on, like, seriously, like, you can't move across the country. 
and I was just like, I couldn't understand. I'm like, um, why the fuck not? Like, absolutely. And I just got up one day, me and my sister were like, let's go. Had no idea who we were going to pay for an apartment. Had no idea about anything. But we had faith in the unseen world that it was going to happen. And these are two people that like never traveled, never went further than uh, the Jersey Shore. And we're like, and I, I went to a an acting intensive at, um, what the hell was it called? I don't remember. Some acting school in LA. I saw it and I was like, I'm going to it. I didn't have the money to go. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it because I wasn't asking my parents. But I was like, I'm going to this. Oh, NYFA, New York Film Academy, out in uh, Universal. No idea how it was going to happen. And it was the first time that I was ever in California. And I was like, I'm going, I'm, I want to do this. Like, I really want to do this. It went for a month. I did a one month long intensive. And I had no idea how I was going to pay for it. It was like thousands of dollars. And at that time I was 18, maybe 19, something like that. Maybe. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to afford this, but I'm going. And I went, I manifested the whole thing. And then my sister came out there and visited me at that time. And she was like, I need to live here. So I need to live here. And my sister always said from when she was young, like, I'm going to live in California. When I get older, I'm going to live in California. So her and I manifested that together. We're like, we're going to LA. We had no idea how it was going to happen. We were very young. We were in our early 20s. I mean, I'm still in my early 20s. But we were, you know, we were young and we were like, we're just going to make this happen. And we made it happen because there was nothing that was going to tell us. My mom would be like, how are you going to afford to live out there? They were all negative. And me and my sister were like, we're out. Like, we're going. Let's go. And nobody's negativity was going to allow that to come. Like, there were so many obstacles. And we could have said, like, well, how are we going to do this? And what's going to happen? Her and I were working at random, very random places. I... My first job in California was at a lesbian bar. Okay. There's nothing wrong with lesbians, but it was an incredibly strange experience. But we manifested it and we didn't care what anybody said. We were going to do it. So that was having faith in the unseen world. So in order to really develop your faith and your ability to use your imagination to manifest your dreams and desires, you must study and contemplate and meditate upon scripture. So there's going to be some verses in here. <laughs> there's no other way. Having a superficial understanding of the process will, will not enable your faith in the invisible to stay strong when objective reality hits you hard. It is also no hardship to study scripture, which feeds the soul and can bring spiritual, great spiritual joy. Uh, so without further ado, choose to deepen your belief and understanding so that you are able to call things into being through the power of your imagination. The shadow level. This is good. This is good. Our world can be called the shadow level as it contains the shadows of things previously imagined. Our three-dimensional world can be called the shadow level as it contains the shadows of things previously imagined. So we always talk about the three-dimensional world is just our old story playing out. So it's the shadows of the things that we previously imagined are playing out into our reality. If you will but enter a state in your imagination and assume it is truth, the outer world will respond to your assumption 
for it is your shadow forever bearing witness to your inner imaginal activity. We're going to read that again. If you will enter a state in your imagination, whatever it is that you want. So if you're calling in that partner, whoever asked me earlier, and you assume that that's the truth, the outer world, our three-dimensional reality, will respond to that assumption of that partner. For it is your shadow forever bearing witness to your inner imaginal activity. So whatever is playing out in our three-dimensional world, is bearing witness to our inner in our inner imaginal activity. So if our inner imaginal activity is that you already are living in the home of your dreams and you have 65 bathrooms and four washing machines and three pools and you live that every day, you're like, I'm going to pick which bathroom I'm going in today. And you live as if, even if you're living in a small shitty apartment, we don't know what... <laughs> We don't know what is behind any of the doors in life that, we're op- that we open as long as we're willing to fucking open them. Let me read that one more time because it's that good. If you will enter the state in your mind and assume it is truth, the outer world will respond to your assumption for it is your shadow forever bearing witness to your inner imaginal activity. <laughs> 10 bathrooms, I can shit all day. <laughs> I got you. Um, and that's a Neville Goddard quote from 419 of 1969. Your outer world is built on your assumptions, but the second man, the Lord from heaven, lives within us and is a subplanner. We could subplant old assumptions with new ones, and that's all about changing the mindset. However, it is sometimes hard to believe in our new imagined state when we are living on the shadow level. And what we see reflected back to us is our old state. So if we're looking around at our three-dimensional reality right now, and we don't like what we see, it is hard to believe in the imagined state. You're like, well, I don't have this. How could I possibly feel good about something that I don't have? Then I say, go back to Gabby, come. See, shit, I'm dying to go on your retreat. Make it happen. Like there are things, and I'm not telling people what to do or how to do this or anything like that, but there are things that I wanted to do. And I was like, I don't care what I have to do to get there. I'm not saying go and prostitute yourself, but I'm saying like, I've done some irresponsible things. I'm not saying that it's irresponsible to just throw a couple thousand dollars on a, on a credit card, but you worry about how it unfolds later. Because if you're going to go somewhere, and I'm not saying my retreat, I'm saying wherever, when I wanted to have that experience with going to the New York Film Academy, I knew that it was going to change my life. So I I did whatever I had to do, and I just knew that I was going to make it work. So I'm not saying this regarding to anything specific, but if it's something that you want in your life, make it happen and have faith that the universe has your back in how it's going to unfold. Because this is what we're exactly what we're talking about. So it's sometimes hard to believe when you don't have something. So going back to that, if you live in a state of gratitude, not even for the things that you don't have yet that we want, right? Where's your retreat center? Blistopia retreats. Where are you guys at? Um, Writing down your list of 
five things from your past, five things from your present, five things from your future that you would make you have made you so happy or would make you so happy. And then you can take any one of those things and take a couple minutes and think about. So one of the things that makes me so incredibly happy that I wrote down on that list was the friends that I met living in L.A. And I can go back to any of the nights that we danced together and how much, oh, Arizona, amazing, how much we laughed together, how much fun we had. And I'm immediately like uplifted. I'm just like, I'm so lucky that I got to have those experiences. And that brings you in a state of gratitude. And every time if you have a negative thought and you go back to one of those things, when your child was born or whatever your happy moments were, you're living in a state of gratitude and you immediately change your mindset. All that you behold, though it appears without, it is within of which this world of mortality is but a shadow. And that's a quote by William Blake. So it's kind of like the same thing that Neville Goddard said. Gratitude can start small. Thank you for the sun. Thank you for the moon. Thank you for the stars. Thank you for this beautiful planet. Exactly. Thank you for my plants. I always say, I'm always say thankful for my plants because the greenery in here makes me incredibly happy. Even though I killed another plant back there. I don't, I think it's the potter that kills the plants, not me. Um, it could also be called the shadow level as we live in a world of death. Everything dies here. Cut it and it bleeds. But the reality is that it is all an illusion as there is no death. Consciousness is the only reality and we are consciousness. Know that a change in the shadow level will follow a change in consciousness. Believe in your assumption it will eventually manifest in your world as everything always has up until this present moment. Everything already exists in the invisible. Your imagined state already exists. All you have to do is enter it. Feel how it feels and believe that it exists. And this discussion or this idea is so foreign to most of us because this is way opposite of anything we've ever been taught. Right? We've been taught to live in the negative. It's passed down. It's generational. Unfortunately, mindset is generational. If you had, if you had great grandparents... Mine were Italian, so they came from Italy. They lived in poverty. So the habits that they had in life were some things of things that people in poverty would do. They would cook meals that were very cheap. They would hide money in the mattress, in a pillowcase, or wherever. They would not part with their money to buy. Oh, you don't need that if it's expensive or whatever it is. No, you.